Welcome to the PR in Your Life podcast, episode number four. This podcast is designed to help age 40 plus athletes live their best life. On this episode, we're going to talk about the gut. The gut is full of bacteria, both good bacteria and bad bacteria. We're going to talk about how to get rid of the bad guys and how to optimize the good guys, which is one of the keys to overall health. We are so excited that you're joining us today. Let's go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PR in Life podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. How are you today, Alex? I am feeling great with the sunshine today. How about you? It's beautiful out there. Yeah, I'm feeling good too. Feeling good too. Had a nice little morning, good little workout and good night's sleep. So that's always a good thing before we get started. Yeah, yeah. I know. It was just kind of having the sunshine after yesterday with the rain all day. I know. And yeah. at least Saturday was nice. The weekend was was nice. So, yes. so that was good. Yeah. Awesome. We're getting close to summertime. Yes, absolutely. And I was thinking about how I was going to transition my business or how I was going to make it all work because I work from home now, um, what that was going to look like when the summer hit with having the kids home all the time. But <laughs> I've got that figured out. You're living out. that life right now. <laughs> I figured that out already. So we are good to go for the summer. We've got a nice little routine going with the kids and, you know, I get some interruptions and stuff. But it's it's not too bad, and um, we've kind of settled into a new normal. So summer's going to be a breeze because we've already got it all figured out. So. Well, that's so funny because as you're talking about the girls, I'm like, well, puppy daycare will be opening back up, so yes. my life will be kind of <laughs> yes. back to normal. I'm not worried about three hours at a time blocks. So. Yes. Oh my gosh, <sighs> the places that we are in life, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. oh my! Actually, my workout this morning was really nice because. Josie, she's a little organizer. She loves to clean and organize. And it sometimes drives, a, drives us crazy because she'll organize something and then we don't know where anything is. But yeah. but she does a really pretty good job. But um, she yesterday took it upon herself to clean the fitness room up that we have oh. in our basement. And it was, it was I agreed, it was sort of a hot mess. There was just stuff everywhere. We've been using it a lot more than we normally do. And so she spent some hours yesterday um, organizing that and making it look pretty and finding a spot for everything so it's not all laying out and stuff. And it looks really, really good. Wow. Yeah. I'm jealous. I could use her. I, I was actually bleaching mine down yesterday and I think used a little too much bleach. Oh. And so I finally had to open up the doors because it was oh yeah overwhelming, let's yeah. just say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of creating some anxiety in me. Like I'd go downstairs to work out and there's all this stuff everywhere. I'm like, ugh, that just makes me not feel good. So now this morning it was like, oh, it's so perfect. It's, it's ready, ready to and go. Nice. I can and go yeah. sweat and yeah. do everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. So so it was nice. But hey, before we start talking about the gut, which I'm super excited to talk to everybody about today, I thought we should talk a little bit about who's an athlete. Yes. Because um, the biggest thing I get from people when I'm talking to just people out out and about, they're like, oh, you know, I'd love to maybe work with you, but, you know, I'm not really an athlete. And what strikes me is a lot of times the people that are saying that are people that I think are athletes. Yes. And, um, you know, 
and I got to thinking about, well, what do I consider, who do I consider an athlete? And really, and this is not the formal definition, but what I think in my mind, and this is who I am planning, who I'm intending to talk to, I guess, are people who enjoy fitness. Yes. And, you know, there are people who exercise because they should and they know that they need to to be healthy. And so they begrudgingly, you know, go to the gym and do the workout, but they hate every minute of it. Yeah. And that to me, you know, I mean, that's that's good. And I, I wouldn't, I, I don't mind working with people like that either that are willing to put the work in. But to me, an athlete is someone who really kind of loves it. You know, there's the people who, I used to have patients in my old practice that say they'd come in with an injury, like knee pain or something, and I would tell them they had to take a little time off to rest to repair the knee. And there were the people who that was devastating to them yes. because they wanted, like, oh, how much longer till I can get back and work right. out? That to me is an athlete versus the patient who was like, yes, yeah. got an excuse not to work yeah. out. Now awesome. I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Because, you know, that's how I am. I mean, not that I love every workout and enjoy every single minute of it. And not that I don't have days where I don't feel like doing it. Right. But I'm all, in general, overall, I love exercising. And in general, overall, I'm a happier person when I can exercise. Um, and that's what I think of when I think of a, an athlete. What about you? You know, it's it's funny because I think we all tend to do this. We think of an athlete as a person that wins the races. Mm -hmm. They're the first place people. They're the ones that are getting the ribbons around their neck that we, you know, just were like, wow, look at them. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I kind of did the same thing. I looked up the official definition and it said someone who is proficient in the sport. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we we really kind of become a master a lot of times at anything that we're doing, or at least try to. And then when I went on to read, and I don't know if you know who um, Bill Bowerman is, who was one of the most famous track coaches, track and field coaches at um, Oregon State. Okay. He was with uh, Prefontaine, and okay. you know everybody loved him, but he was also the co-founder of Nike. His definition of an athlete was um, to me actually just probably one of the best things I ever saw. It was if you have a body, you are an athlete. Oh, I and, love that. And I really I like that too because um, I remember I always felt like an athlete. Then when I got an injury mm -hmm. and I wasn't the same quote athlete mm -hmm. that I was before, I really struggled with that a long time. And then I realized. I'm still lacing up my shoes. Mm -hmm. I'm still going outside. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing exactly what I used to do before. It really doesn't matter. I'm still an athlete. Absolutely. So I, I think that's really the key to all of this is realizing it's taking that first step out the door mm -hmm. is what makes you an athlete. Absolutely. I love that because that is the definition. You know, when I talk about working with athletes, that's what I mean. I mean, people who are, you know, People who are willing to put some work in to their health yeah. um, because it's not just a freebie give me, that's for sure. And there's no pills that I can just give people to make them healthy, but people who are willing to put some work in and um, be that yeah. with their diet and their exercise um, or, or whatever the case may be. But but that's what I think of when I think of an athlete. And I've had so many people say to me, well, I'm not really an athlete. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I absolutely think you're an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so I think everybody has a little bit of a def defin different definition of what that is. And I just wanted to clarify to people that, like, if, if you're getting out there and you're, you know, trying hard and you're living – you know, living your life and doing the best that you can and, and being active, in my opinion, 
Well, you're an athlete. You don't have to be winning races, you know. You, you know, and we can kind of share this story and then we can start talking about the gut. But think about when we were at the Ironman World Championships. Mm-hmm. How many people were there probably watching the first people finish, the elite athletes, the pros? Do you mm-hmm. remember how yes. many people were there? I then? mean, give not me an a estimate. Ton. I not mean, a ton. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward to the finish. Mm-hmm. Great point. How many people were there for those finishing athletes? Oh, my gosh. It was packed. I said, I'm getting chills thinking yes. about what that felt like. Right. And the the finishing last hour, two hour people had more people there cheering yes. them on than the pros did. Yes, they absolutely did. And, yes. and yeah, you just want to root for them because you yeah. see them like, you know, struggling to make it to the finish yeah. line and getting there and like a midnight there's that cutoff and, and <laughs> you've got just, the people that you're waiting to see if they're gonna make yeah, it or not. They and were so, so motivating and exciting and it was just yeah, that was that was I don't remember who finished first, but I yes. sure remember those people that came in at the end. It yes. Was, I thank yeah. you for bringing that up. That I remember after we did um Ironman Florida and um I remember telling someone who didn't understand what an Ironman was that I had done that, and it took me like 14-some hours or something. And um, I was telling them about Dan, your husband, (laughs) who had finished the same race in – Nine-something, yeah, 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 nine. And to the person I was talking to, mine was more impressive because they were like, you exercised for 14 hours hours." (laughs) yeah, versus just – Measly nine hours for Dan. Nine hours and 50 minutes. Sorry, Dan. I don't <laughs> exactly. remember exactly, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it seemed more impressive to them because it's like such a longer time. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can get kind of caught up and in, in when you're in it, you sometimes don't see it that way. But when yeah. you step outside of it, you know, it was pretty impressive to that person that even though that time you were was- out there yeah, for out there. 14, 15 hours yeah. just- Plodding along. Yep. Yes. Plod one foot in front of the other. Exactly. You know? But, but yes. So um, I wanted to clarify that before we started today. And um, But yeah, let's dive in and let's talk about the gut. What do you say? I love it. All right. Yeah. So the gut is super <laughs> duper interesting. And um, what I was thinking about as I was preparing for this podcast today was we think of bacteria as bad. Right. You know, especially right now, it's like, oh my gosh, we'll wash yeah. our hands, hand sanitize, get rid of all the bacteria. And bacteria isn't all bad. Right. There is good bacteria and there is bad bacteria. And I'm certainly oversimplifying it. It's not that simple. But but I think we can help understand that concept by thinking of it that right. way. And what lives in your gut is super duper important. And you have both good bacteria living there and you have bad bacteria living there. And they're in a constant war with each other. I mean, think of it like, you know, the North versus the South or something. I mean, it's like two armies fighting each other. And um, what we want to do is anything that we can to get rid of the bad guys and then optimize the good guys. And that is one of the keys I found to overall health. And um, what's really interesting is when, so, so we call it the microbiome, okay? The microbiome, what that means is that's just the whole of all the bacteria, viruses, and protozoa that live in our body, in our gut, on our skin, in our mouth. Um, and that's what we call the microbiome. Okay. So everybody has a microbiome. We call it dysbiosis when there is an overgrowth of bad bacteria. 
And what we want to do is we want to optimize the microbiome and make it full of good bacteria. Good guys. Yeah. And and very, very low on the bad bacteria side of things. And really, there's two different ways to do that. One is to blast the bad guys, which is what I do with my patients. We identify the bad guys through a comprehensive stool analysis, and then we go in and annihilate them. And then we can also fortify the good guys. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's, and I do it sort of in that order generally with my patients, but it's a constant constant battle. And then if you say we kill off all the bad guys and then we stop fortifying the good guys, the bad guys can kind of sneak back sneak up and back start, in. yeah, and start yeah. Um, getting a stronghold again. And so it is sort of, um, it's not a static thing that it's like, oh, you know, done once and then it's... Yeah, then forever you're good. Exactly. Yeah. But it is. And what's what's really fascinating, so much about this is fascinating, but one of the things that I found really fascinating about the gut was um, sometimes people have dysbiosis or an overgrowth of bacteria, and they don't really even have any gastrointestinal symptoms. You know, certainly if you're somebody who's struggling with constipation and bloating and, um, you know, diarrhea, those kind of things, you might think this might apply to me. Right. But what it often manifests as is um, joint achiness, fatigue, right, rashes, bloating, um, these type of symptoms that don't even seem to be related to the gut at all, but that can be a the symptom, manifestation. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, what's interesting is um, I almost didn't test my gut when I was first learning this stuff a few years ago. Um, I had no symptoms. So I thought, why bother, yeah. you know? And, and um I had gotten a test. I had gone to a conference. And oftentimes when I go to these conferences, they will give you a free test kit. And these tests are, you know, they're not cheap. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, it's free. I'll do it. You know, so I collected the sample and did all the stuff that you're supposed to do for that and sent it off. And then um, when the lab received my sample, they called back and they said, they called me and they said, yeah, the free sample isn't for yourself. You can use it for a patient, but you can't use it for yourself. And, you know, there's these stark laws and stuff where physicians can't get a benefit from, you know, like a kickback from using a certain lab company. You know, there's some very strict rules about that. And I said, oh my gosh, okay, I didn't realize that. And this particular lab was... I mean, it was like over $300, I think, for this lab that I had wow. had submitted. And it's not the one I typically use, but but it's similar. And um, I thought, oh, do I do it or not? You know, so they, they yeah. were wanting to know if I wanted it run. And if I needed it, if I wanted it run, I had to give them my credit card to pay for it because it wasn't going to be free. And um, so I kind of hem-hawed about it for a minute on the phone. I was like, oh, well, I've already gone to the trouble of sending it all in, so I might as well do it. And then I was blown away when the results results. came back because it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And I I think I delayed treating it for a little while because I thought, I I researched what what was found in my gut. And at this time, you know, I was still pretty new into into the functional medicine. And I was still very much in conventional medicine world still, although I was starting to kind of, I think this was the first conference I had gone to. And, 
event, you know, and I'd researched it from some conventional medicine websites, what was wrong with my gut. And they all said, okay, it's not a really big deal. And I thought, okay, maybe it's no big deal. So I just kind of ignored it for a while. And then the more I learned, the more I learned that, oh my gosh, sometimes the symptoms aren't real obvious. And it's from a functional medicine standpoint, absolutely, you do not want these things in your gut that I had found in my gut. And so I did then treat it. And at the beginning, I didn't notice much difference, but it took about a month in. And I remember getting out of bed one morning, and I always kind of ached in the morning when I got out of bed. I just thought it was because I'm old. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's exactly. Just the yes. way you feel. And I got up out of bed, and I noticed one day, I'm like, man, I don't really hurt like I typically do. And it wasn't like a constant ache. It would normally get better as the morning went on. After I was up for 10 minutes, I felt a lot better. But this was like popping right out of bed and not having that achiness that I had been experiencing that I forever that I just thought was normal. And that completely went away. So going through that, what what type of protocol do you do for you know, you're going through the gut testing, you get the results back. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you do for a client then? It's it's different depending on what they have. So okay. there's several things that we can find on that test um, that aren't supposed to be there. And it's it's the test is really, really good at picking up bacteria. Um, I used to do some stool tests when I was a conventional medicine doctor, and I found nothing. I mean, never found anything. Anything. Okay. Now, what's what's interesting is they were only looking for a few bacteria. There was okay. like maybe five key bacteria that they were looking for, and it was being looked for by um, a lab assistant in a lab. You know, that's making a slide and looking at the microscope and trying to identify bacteria. So, lots of human error there. I mean, and a very, very, very small sample, yeah. right? right? I mean. And so the test that I do now, it looks for the DNA of the bacteria, and it does it through a, a machine. And so it's very—it's not reliant on human error. It is detecting the micro DNA particles that are very, very small. And um, so it's very high yield. So I've never, ever found a gut test that was normal. Okay. okay. So there's always Ever, something. All of us have something. All of us have something. I mean, maybe there are some normals, but I mean, some some are pretty decent. Yeah, but most of them there is something. Um, but the 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 only hard part about the test is that sometimes with adults, things have been really buried in the oh, gut wall, and so it, sometimes it can be a little hard to pick it up. Um, if you you can miss some stuff because if it's really really buried in there, it can be really missed. And and I'm going to tell you a story, and and keep in mind that my N is only two on this story, yeah. so it's not like this huge double-blind, placebo-controlled trial of a million people, yeah. but I recently tested my kids, Yeah, and I know a lot of functional medicine doctors take care of kids. I have not yet taken care of any children, but I just thought, for curiosity's sake, I'm going to just check these kids out and see, and I found their tests to be the worst Really? Of anyone I've seen. Their guts were a hot mess. And of course, they're symptom free. They're kids and they have no problems. I mean, they're 100% healthy. But the bugs get picked up at at a young age and then they kind of almost screwdriver themselves into the wall of your gut sometimes. And um, it's not until the, it's not generally until your immune system starts to get decreased. Weekend. Okay. From the stress 
of the adrenal fatigue that we oftentimes deal with that these gut bacteria actually are a problem. Okay. So, you know, their immune system is probably keeping those gut bacteria at bay. It's not causing any problem at all, but eventually it can cause them some problems. So I am treating them. I'm trying to get that stuff out of there. I don't want it to be there for sure. But I was blown away that my two super healthy kids, no medical problems. I mean, Ainsley's got some seasonal allergies and she's even got a little bit of exercise-induced asthma. But other than that, they're perfectly Healthy. healthy kids, right? Yeah. Now that we fixed Josie's, you know, other gut-related issues she had, but um, but yeah, theirs were were really terrible looking, and so so yeah, so we find different pathogens in in their gut, and then there's different herbal protocols that I put people through to eliminate the bad guys. So that's the first thing okay. I well, once we get their adrenals doing well, then we look at the gut find out what's going on, eliminate the bad guy, and then we do some stuff to fortify the good guys with, you know, really good probiotics is one way we do yep. it. But of course, diet plays a role. Yes, it does. Too. Yes, yeah. Can you does. talk about that a little bit about diet and yeah, um, def- what to do with the with I the mean, gut? definitely like when I know for myself, I thought I was just going to be doing great because I thought I was a pretty good eater, you mm-hmm. know, pretty clean, that kind of stuff. And then when you test a bind, I remember you're like, well, you only have one bad guy. And I was like, go me. Mm-hmm. I am just great. And you're like, yeah, but you don't have any good guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, know, just crazy. So, you know, that's when I really started to research about um, just the different types of diet because I thought I was doing really well as, as I was. So then I started looking at the... Um, prebiotics that would really feed mm-hmm. the good mm-hmm. and you know just that are that bacteria and that was really all the four minute stuff you know of things I just not really looked at before that um, I introduced to my diet you know so I started adding you know sauerkraut's one mm-hmm. of the best yes. things in it um, the kombucha is really good kimchi mm-hmm. um, some of your older cheeses are really good, you know, cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of different stuff. Um, sour pickles, just little things you have to look at that they're not like made in vinegar, but yeah. just the fermented stuff because that that's just you know acting as the good bacteria. Exactly. Just to clarify for people, like yeah. fermented foods have probiotics in them. Yes. You know, and yeah. so you can um, you know you can take a probiotic or you can eat the good bacteria, yeah. you know, and it kind of grosses my kids out. They're like, that's disgusting when I have my kombucha yeah. juice. But um, but yeah, that's that's in lieu of taking a probiotic. You're actually yeah. eating a probiotic and that's good. And, and so um, there are two words that can be confusing that I just want to clarify because they sound very similar and I was confused by them at, to begin with too. There's probiotics and there's prebiotics. And probiotics are actually the ingestion of good bacteria. So you can get that from taking a probiotic or eating probiotic type containing foods like the fermented foods. And then prebiotics are actually food for the good bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. And fiber is generally what you think of as being food for the good bacteria. And so both of those sources are going to help to optimize the good bacteria by either taking good bacteria and then also feeding those good bacteria to kind of um, help make them 
more prevalent. You know, and the other thing that I really try to do too is to mix up the types of mm-hmm. the pre and the pro, just because like for the probiotics, you just have different strains of the bacteria. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really good to really make sure we mix those up and not have the same thing every single day. Right. Same thing with the pre, you know, just, you know, switching up you know, whatever fiber you're having, just so you're, you know, making sure you're feeding everybody mm-hmm. and, and getting the good guys. So yeah. I do suggest that not be stuck on the same ones yes. every single time. I tend to be a creature of habit. <laughs> like my husband calls it the approach blood in me. Like that's my, yeah. my maiden name, my maiden name, because my dad is very methodical. And then Josie is very much like that. And so am I. But like I get on these kicks where I eat the same thing like every yeah. day. Like I eat chicken and broccoli for lunch every single day. I for need like to do your meal plans. Over a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let me do your monthly meals. Yeah, and it's just because I just don't like to be so bothered by it. It's just too much work. Too much, but yeah. the thing is, you know, you need different micronutrients to right. fuel your body effectively. And so it's not good to be in a super big rut with your food in general or your you exactly. know pre and probiotics either like you need to mix it up and and have different different things in your diet because that will make make a big difference too. So it's yeah. it's complicated and then you know it's it's hard because those bad guys are screaming at us, you know, and they're yeah. they're sending those chemical signals telling us to eat bad food and then they're also sending out chemical signals making us feel bad too, making us feel crappy. And um, so the more we can do to get rid of them, the better off we are. And um, it's it's one of the keys that I've found. There's, um, okay, let me tell you about a couple of kind of nerdy science things here, but I found this to be super fascinating. So they did a study on germ-free mice. So they had these mice that were born in a lab in this very sterile condition, because we all get our gut bacteria at at birth, birth, basically, we, you know, through the birth right. canal and the birthing process, we get that from our mother. So these mice, they ensured that they didn't have that. And I don't exactly know how they do it, but these were sickly mice. They weren't healthy because, you know, we need bacteria to right. thrive. And have you ever seen somebody who is like skinny, but they're kind of a sickly, skinny yes. person? Yes. You know, not all skinny is good, right? Right. And that's what these mice were like. Then they inoculated these mice or a subset of these mice with good bacteria. That's actually kind of gross. I think they like put like poop on their fur. And then the mice, you know how they clean themselves by yeah. like licking their but coat? That's actually kind of a thing. <laughs> it's, it's weird. That's oh a whole my. other. Yeah. 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 So then these mice with the good bacteria inoculation, they became healthy. Like they gained weight, but just to a healthy level, not the not an obese level. And they thrived. They were really, really healthy. Then they took another subset of these same germ free mice, but not the ones they had inoculated with the good bacteria. And they inoculated them with a bad bacteria. And these mice became obese. So, you know, that just shows you it is right off the bat, you know, I I guess I never realized until the past couple months of just that whole story of, you know, when a mother gives birth, mm-hmm. she is passing along all of her good and bad bacteria mm-hmm. to her yes. infant. So that infant is coming out either good or not good. Mm-hmm. And how important From that is for the mother before she starts, you know, before pre-baby mm-hmm. of having a good diet and Makes making a... sure that her gut's ready to go. Yeah. 
Mine wasn't back then. Oh, mine was <laughs> oh not. Gosh. You know, and, it, and it's really fascinating now because I had toxemia both my pregnancies. Mm. And now all that I'm learning, I'm just like, wow, of just them talking about, you know, now people toxemia, you have, you know, no sugar, no carbs, all that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, clean up your gut. And I'm like, I'd like a redo. I know. <laughs> I would have been a nicer pregnant person. <laughs> I know. But yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, you just do the best that you do with yeah the best that you can do with the knowledge that you have at the time. And um, they did another study, this is a little bit off the topic, but about mice, and they were trying to fatten them up um, for this study. And they were doing that by trying to feed them fat and it was they're feeding them a lot of it and it was working but it was very slow then they took some mice and they fed them fruit loops and they fattened up super quickly wow so you know that kind of goes to the whole thing of you know we used to be in this low fat crave yeah you know fat is bad fat is bad fat is not bad sugar is how our body thrives Mm -hmm. and we don't want to talk about that you know carbs is our fastest burning mm-hmm. energy. And fats is what really gets us through the long haul. So mm-hmm. it's really kind of, you know, not all fats are good fats, but most of them, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so. and then then there can be um, some really great benefits of good bacteria. So for instance, there is, there's a lot of re- research surrounding longevity. And um, they call areas of the world where there's a high proportion of people living to be over the age of 100. Those are called blue zones. And there's several of them scattered throughout the world. I think Sardinia, Italy is one area. Um, I think Loma Linda, California is an area too, um, where there's a high prevalence of 100 plusers. And when I say they live to be 100, I'm not talking nursing home living. I'm talking like they are living. Active active living. And one thing that they found that these blue zoners had in common was a high proportion of a specific bacteria that's called Acromantia mucinophilia. Um, Say that three times fast. I can't say it once. (laughs) But um, so that is a bacteria. That's a good bacteria. And the higher prevalence of that that you have, the better it is. And that's, interestingly, one of the bacteria that's tested for in the routine stool test that I do on all my patients. And um, I find some people have a lot of it and some people... I think I had none. You had none? Yeah. 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 I don't think that one was tested on the test I did on myself, but... um, but that just tells us we have to optimize yeah. that and and do some things to get your good bacteria thriving. So it'll be interesting if we test that again, what, what yeah, it looks like. Yeah, I can't Maybe. wait to test it again. Yeah, yes. just to see if, if mm-hmm. there's more of that. And that's certainly not the only thing. It doesn't mean that you don't have acromancia, so you're going to die <laughs> Right. 50. Exactly. You've only got a couple years left, girl. <laughs> no, yeah. it doesn't mean that at all. I mean, that's just one of many factors. And here's the thing, too, about the microbiome. What we're sharing today is, um, you know, stuff that we know about it, but there's so much that no one knows about the microbiome. Right. You exactly. Know? I mean, th- there's more DNA in the gut bacteria than there is in our genetic makeup that we got from our parents. And so they are a powerful force in our body. And I think with science today, we're just scraping the surface of what we know about that. Right. And so it's exciting for the future because I know, you know, with research the way it is, we're going to learn more and more and more about this. But, um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, what we're sharing today is just a, it's just the skim of the surface because there's just so much that isn't even known about all this DNA and all of these bacteria that 
that are there. But you know, and I, I think it's fascinating in I think this is kind of where, as a society, we really have a choice in where we go with this. Mm-hmm. The very first time I heard about the gut biome was probably four or five years ago from my younger son. He was really into, um, and he still is, meal prepping, mm-hmm. taking care of all that kind of stuff. He was really into macro counting at that time. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the gut biome. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Because mom is like our second brain of our body. How Mm -hmm. do you not know this? And this was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. So some of the younger people are really starting to learn about this. And even my older son talked about talked about epigenetics, which hopefully we'll get into sometimes Mm -hmm. and you know what how our environment really affects our body and and stuff. But yes. I I just think that there's so much knowledge out there now that you really can make such a massive difference in the quality of health mm-hmm. that you and I didn't know about when we were their age. No, absolutely. And then, you know, the internet just makes it so much that you can get this information. You know, if you're interested yeah. in it, you can research it and you can get this information. Yeah. And um, it can be, I think, for some people overwhelming because there's so much information right. out there that they're hard, it's hard to know what to trust, what not to trust, what to do. And then the other thing I see people do is, you know, Meaningful change takes time. time. So it's so easy to read something on the internet and say, oh, yes, I'm going to do this. And then you do it for a short period of time and you say, eh, it didn't make much difference. And I'm going to jump to this because there's just so much out there. But, you know, gone are the days where we used to have to just go to the doctor to get our information. Like, right. you know, it was the the doctor had the health information keys. And the only way you could access that was by going to see the doctor and asking them. And then they told you the secret ingredients or whatever and then then you had to follow those directions and those days are over you know patients know i mean you know you have to be up on your game as a doctor today because people research stuff and they know joke about google doctor Mm -hmm. but i tell you what there's a lot out there there's a lot out there there's a lot out there yeah and if you stick with reputable sources you can gain a lot of information out there and yeah i think the younger generation is um more in tune to this for sure and that's super awesome that that Seth is already yeah. looking at that stuff. He was and on it before I was. Yeah. So, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. because if we can fuel the good bacteria, the good bacteria will do you favors. I mean, right. they will they will help you not to crave the bad food. They um, actually thrive on good food, and then they produce like neurochemicals that make us feel good. Serotonin. You know, that's mm-hmm. like there. Good bacteria can be a natural Prozac and produce yes. serotonin, and they can also produce energy. They fuel the mitochondria and the mitochondria make energy. So, um, you know, if you look out for your good bacteria, they will help you out and look out for you. But if you give in to the bad bacteria and are fortifying them, they will continue to make you feel like crap and they will continue to beg you for, you know, bad food. And then what happens, we have this cycle of we eat the bad food, then we are mad at ourselves and we kind of self-loathe and then we comfort ourselves by eating more bad food, which makes the bad bacteria thrive even more. I mean, it's a very, very vicious cycle that can be very hard to break. And I know we'll get into this next week, but then we also get into, um, you know, when we have a bad gut, we also lose a lot of nutrients Mm -hmm. and our body just doesn't absorb it. Exactly. Exactly. So it is super key to fixing um, yeah. for sure. And I'm glad that I paid the money for my gut test. I, I Me too. I would have done it eventually because um, as I learned more, I would have realized it was absolutely necessary to do. Um, but um, I was 
glad I'm glad that I found what I found in my gut. And I'm glad that I fixed it because my health is certainly much, yeah. much better because of it. And and it was just still part of the learning process as I was learning all of this new functional medicine stuff, which I'm still learning. I mean, it's just so fun. I, I cannot oh, get enough. I know. Of learn- I, there's so much I want to learn and research about that I just can't even decide what to do next. And I'm here's the thing I realized on my drive here today um, was I love having the time to learn right now. You know, in my old practice, I was so busy in a, in an exam room with a patient all day long. You know, it was just yeah. I had these three rooms and I just want to run in a circle all day long. And um there was no downtime. And so there was and then by the time I was done, I was exhausted. So there was no time to like, well, I'm going to research more on this or I'm going to really yeah. dive deep and learn more about this. And, you know, right now I have a, a new patient who is struggling with fertility and I bought a book and I read an entire book about it. And um, and it was it was exciting because it acknowledged that all the stuff that I'm doing yeah. with my athletes is the same stuff she needs to 100% fix the adrenals yes. and um, optimize the gut and then get the liver toxicity straightened out and that is the key to improving fertility but um, it was it was I, I loved that I had the time to research right. that very thoroughly so that I feel like I can equip her the best way that I I know how and um, you know seeing a small number of clients and um, just really having the time to take excellent care of them just feels so amazing to me. So and I'm much just, better to oh be able my, to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's just so much more personally rewarding for me than than feeling so rushed all the time. And just, just, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm loving life right now. It's just fun. And, I, I, and what's cool about all this functional medicine stuff is there's just so much information out there. And um, so... You know, every week I'm picking some new topics and and diving deep and learning more. And you know, when I need a guinea pig, I I do it on myself or I do it on you, Alex. And I know. <laughs> well, and that's the one thing I know that we're going to talk about this sometime. That it's been really fun that you went under one training under Kalish, mm-hmm. and I went under Cresser mm-hmm. as a health coach, and coming from two different really. Um, well-known functional medicine doctors. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun to just see the complementing of each other. Yes. And just like, you know, knowing what you do as a functional doctor and then how I can come behind and complement what you do. It's just been so fascinating to just finally, you know, as I'm just finishing up with school this month and finally going to be done of just like, oh my gosh, I know what you're, you know. Yes. Just here's how I can, you know, offer some help. Yes. So, and I considered doing Cresser's course too. Really, the only reason, the only way I ruled Cresser's course out was it was a year long course and it was it had just started when I researched it yeah and so I had to wait a whole other year I think I even contacted contacted that contacted them and said hey can I like jump in I'll just work really hard and yeah. catch up and they're like no and um, I was so on fire for this stuff that I didn't want to wait a full year and then I found Dr. Kalish and I, I loved his approach he's very yeah. much like I am in that I like to take difficult concepts and make them very simple. Mm-hmm. And I like to make it very life applicable. So I'm I'm keen on the research and I like reading the research and knowing the why behind everything, but I'm very much into like 
but what are like I know I want to know the why, but what are we going to do and how are we exactly. going to fix it? And um, Dr. Kalish is very good at breaking that down. And um, it's I, I really it, it was a very good fit for me. Yeah. But I'm glad that you had a different teacher because they we can they can complement exactly. each other. One hundred percent. It was two different yes. approaches to learning the same things, and and now we can take those two different approaches and yeah. tie it all in together to to hopefully get our clients achieving the best possible yes. results is is the goal for sure. So um, as we wrap up today, I want to kind of give you my takeaway. And we forgot to do this last week. So <laughs> we yeah. added it to our blog post, but um, we mean to do this every single time. But my takeaway um, this time is really um, to be kind to yourself. Because maintaining a healthy weight and achieving optimal health is more than willpower. You know, who lives in your gut? influences this. So when you fall off course, don't beat yourself up, you know, be kind to yourself, recognize that there's more at play here than just your own strict willpower. And um, I'll also just say that small steps daily yield long term results. And so you've got to, you know, pick a plan and stick with it for a long, long time, because these things take some time to um, yield the fruit, yes, so to speak. Do. And, you know, pick one thing. If you if there's one little tip that you learned today from our podcast that you want to implement into your life now, do that one thing and get yourself used to doing that one thing. And then you can add another thing. You don't have to do it all at once. You know, we've got our lifetime to figure this all out, right? It doesn't have yeah. to be all figured out by tomorrow. And when you fall off course, get back on course ASAP. But it's not because, don't think that because you fall off course that you just can't do it. You just get back on and you just, just go again. And, um, you know, you can absolutely do this. Yeah. I think you and I are on the same wavelength because yes. my takeaway is every day is a new day to start. Mm-hmm. And we, every time that we do something is a new opportunity. And every choice that we have is either a choice to go one way or, or to go another way. Mm-hmm. And to really take the time to be mindful about those choices. And I try to do that now with the eating too, especially knowing this about the gut of like when I'm really, really, really having the sugar cravings or just wanting things that um, I know aren't the best. I really think about that now. I really try to be mindful of, okay, if I have those cookies, who am I feeding and what is that doing overall to my body? And not that, I mean, you got to do it once in a while. I mean, we have to live, but it's that, you know, that every night at 830 is when those cravings come Mm -hmm. from. And just to be really mindful, but but just really looking at... um, you know, got kind of back to it. Every day is a new day to start. Mm-hmm. And if we don't start, we'll never finish. Yeah. We'll never have the opportunity to see the gains of all the little things that we're doing. So just kind of like you said, be kind to yourself. Allow yourself to make those little yes. tiny changes. And you know what? I, this is fascinating to me because I see this happen a lot. Like you don't have to wait till the first of the month to start no. something new or till a Monday. You know, it's it's now start yeah. now i was you know? so proud i had two different things with clients this week i was so excited about one was um she's trying to make some changes in her diet and she texted me the other night and she said 
it killed me not to get into the fridge and have, I think it was chicken wings. Mm-hmm. And I said, what did you do? And she said, I had a glass of water and I went to bed. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of her. That's I mean, awesome. it was just awesome. And another one texted me to tell me that she ran a mile straight. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, that's just so, you yeah. know, just those little bitty changes, a little bitty steps, yes. I mean, can just... You know. And I love that you can be the accountability partner, that yeah. they can share that with you and that you yeah. can cheerlead them on and, and encourage them on because I think having somebody to share in those successes but also yeah. to be accountable for really kind of helps keep right. helps keep people on track sometimes. So that yes. is super awesome. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you. If um, if there was one takeaway that you want to change based on what we've shared with you today, you know, please con- go on over to our blog post and um, comment under there. Um, there are usually two blog posts per week um, that have the episode linked on our on our website, northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. Um, and you can go into the blog post and and share with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you go, go under blog, PR in your life, and it comes up. And then there's um, Alex's thoughts too. And so um, we'd love to hear from you and support you. And we reply to every comment that we get on there. So if you um, want to reach out to us, um, certainly do so. We'd love to hear from you. So yes. um, what do we have up next week? Next week, we're going to keep on talking about the gut, but talk about a leaky gut mm. and how we get that and how to fix it. Awesome. So, yes. I love talking about the I, gut. I love the gut. <laughs> I love it all. I say that every time, don't I? But I do love yes. it all. So, All right. Well, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, everyone. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.